Hey friends, thanks so much for tuning into the Inner Revolution podcast. Are you ready to be changed? Well, let's go. Hi friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Very excited to have Dan Miller back for episode three of The Shattered Man. And uh, really just a huge thank you for those that have been tuning in. There's been a lot of views and uh, we'd really like to hear some feedback from you. Maybe some things that have been said on these casts that have struck a nerve or something that you hear would like to hear more about. Uh, so Dan, great to have you, sir. We're going to thinking about talking today about identity, how identity really affects us men and how we can certainly lead from a place of insecurity or security, we can have a relationship that's based on our need and our wants rather than where we're fulfilled or satisfied. And uh, so, so much to say about this, uh, but hey, I'm just thrilled to have you back. Welcome back. I appreciate it. This has been fun. I uh, really enjoyed <laughs> these conversations and being able to navigate this together with you. Yeah, I see the scenery in the background has not changed. So- uh, Nope, still in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. In my pretend world, my imagination. <laughs> it's a perpetual sunny day with you. That's good. That's right. <laughs> Probably very appropriate for what we're going to talk about today, ironically. Oh, well, bring it on. We're thrilled to have you. And friends, if you're joining us, uh, Dan is a pastor, but also a mentor, a coach, a, a father of six, and just has a real heart to reach men. Works with a pro-life movement, which we're very passionate about. And uh, again, just thinking about men today, how can we encourage them in their identity or whatever else is on your heart? Go for it. Yeah, I look at, um, I think there is a cultural shift that has happened over the last 30 years, particularly when it comes to men and how we identify ourselves and how we define ourselves. You know, I know when my parents were growing up, you know, or maybe even the generation before, you know, what they perceived as a man was kind of like that. Humphrey Bogart, John Wayne, tough as nails, you know, you know, anything goes and, you know, you know, just toughness was just the, the main thing. And I, I believe there's even cultures today that still kind of embody that, you know, and that was the culture of how they defined man. And, and I look at how the culture defines man today is very, very different. Um, Men are flaky when you watch TV shows. They are emotionally unstable. They are weak. They are stupid. Um, one of my favorite shows, comedy wise, was probably Everybody Loves Raymond. You know, I, I just found it humorous. But when I really watched it, it just seems to be a constant theme that you see on television and in movies about men just being, you know, buffoons and, you know, being weak and, you know, just constantly um, being the constant reason for mistakes going on in the home, um, not having a plan. And this just tends to be what is considered acceptable. And I believe it has taken away our masculinity as God has defined us. And I believe too often we allow the culture and the world that we're in to define what a man is. I think a lot of times our wives, you know, our girlfriends, when we were dating, often walk into it kind of with a perception of what culture's feeding them. And so they walk into 
my husband's going to fail me. He's going to be a buffoon. He's going to be an idiot. He's going to be stupid. Um, and therefore, I need to assume certain roles that I believe are needed to be done by the man and has caused tension within the home. And I don't believe that is the way we are created as men. God intentionally made us men. And he gave us wonderful gifts and different personalities and a different way of thinking. And he made our bodies different. And he also gave us responsibility that he created for us to be able to take on um, that he did not create women to be able to do. And I think is, and I've said this before, you know, I think it is an honor to be a man. I think it is a wonderful gift that God has given us. I don't take that away from women being created as women. I, I think there's unique gifts that they've been created for, but understanding that we are created different and we are God's creation in his likeness, in his image. And it is a beautiful and wonderful thing. And the challenges that we have when it comes to our families, when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to the church, and when it comes to our community, God has designed us intentionally to be able to take on those certain roles. And I think that is an amazing and beautiful thing. I really do. Well, you struck several great points there. I mean, thinking about roles and how they've been reversed these days. I mean, culture is, uh, you know, just so uh, fickle. It just changes. It's whatever is in the mood of the of the progressive or uh, the mood of the narrative of the day. I mean, when you say um, man's identity, how does a man build a healthy identity? Let's say he broke, he, well, he was growing up in a broken home. Maybe he's um, failed in a relationship and he's getting ready to start another relationship or how do we unlearn those uh, wrong identities? Yeah, I think we need to really understand who we are and why God created us and what he created us to be. Um, I think it's the most important thing. Um, I think there are certain characteristics that God has instilled upon us. And I think, that, you know, number one, understanding what we are when it comes to being a man, you know, God's design and creation of us as men. But then I also believe there's some intentional steps that we need to take to really appreciate God's work in us and how much we need God in the process and that the entire point of making us men and to be able to fulfill the role of a man is only through relationship with Christ and understanding our identity, understanding the identity of our wives, understanding the identity of our children, but ultimately for us is, you know, really truly understanding who we are. Um, in God and, you know, his creation, his intentional way of making us. But I also believe there's something about understanding the way that God has set up the need for him. And I think that's really important to understand both sides of that. Yeah, so our relationship with God, uh, maybe that's a, a simple answer, but it's really the answer. I think of 1 Corinthians 15, 10, I am what I am by the grace of God. I mean, uh, so many men are defined by their jobs. So many are, they're defined by their uh, paychecks. They're defined by their past or their name. Mm. But when you enter into a relationship, it's, you know, you know, women are so much different than men, obviously, physically, but mentally too. And if a man's not secure or he's trying to get affirmation or confirmation, 
because he doesn't know who he is, it can really be a disaster, can it? Oh, it, it can be devastating. And I believe, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> um, I believe one of the things that, you know, you just brought up first Corinthians 15, 10, which ironically is my life verse is, is my favorite verse in the Bible. And the reason I love it is because I fall to the second part of that verse, which is, you know, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, but his grace to me was not without effect. Though I worked harder than all of them, not I, but the grace of God that is with me. And I believe as a man too often, we want to work hard at being a man. We want to work hard. We want to do it ourselves. And God made us to work hard. I believe he instilled in us a desire to work, a desire to um, really give our best and our effort. But too often, you know, we put all the emphasis on I am working hard at being a man of God. I am working hard at being a good husband. I am working hard at being a godly father. I am working at being a head of my household. And the verse very clearly says you can work as hard as you want, but if you don't understand God and his grace, you're never going to achieve it. It is only by the grace of God that you are able to achieve who you are as a man. And there is nothing more satisfying and freeing, my, in my opinion, than really understanding that we are going to fail. We are going to screw up. And our screw up is because we try to do it ourselves. Um, we do not identify ourselves as needing Christ every step of the way and needing his spirit that we must rely on his Holy Spirit, that we must be completely filled by him and that we need to be intentional when it comes to spending time with him, learning about him, studying who he is, what he has done for us, understanding that, yeah, there are commandments, you know, just like in the Old Testament when it comes to the New Testament about what it is to be a man and to love, but that is only able to be achieved through Christ. And when we only focus on the commandments of what it is to be a man, just like it is in the Old Testament, it's going to be a reflection of our failure. And, you know, it only is able to be who I am in Christ. And I can only fulfill my role as a man in Christ. And I love the fact that it is, but by the grace of God, it's not the mercy, it's not the purity, it's not anything other than, you know what? You're going to fail, and I love you, and you are exactly who I created you to be in this broken home or this broken marriage, and with me, there will be grace, and there will be forgiveness, and there will be love, but only if it's by the grace of God. I'm comforted by this verse in Romans 8 that says that uh, we are being conformed to the image of God, and that's such a graceful process in this sense where God's abundant life and ministry to us is is nonstop, but it can be very turbulent because we are maybe trying to reinvent ourselves, we're trying to correct ourselves, or we're trying to correct other people, or we're trying not to fail. I think sometimes rejection and failure, we try to avoid that at all costs, but actually those are great platforms for growth. And uh, I love how you've emphasized the grace of God there because a man, you know, who wants to achieve success and or uh, success, however he defines it, um, it can be often uh, minimized the value 
of a, of a good relationship, of a faithful father in the home. I mean, we're in the fatherless generation yeah. because it's, um, it's been so discounted. Uh, you know, um, people are running after the mighty dollar and forsaking their most valuable possessions at home. I mean, when we think about security today, you know, let's say uh, there's insecurity in man. Maybe his failure is larger than the greatness of God or the promises of God or even the grace of God. How would we flip that around? How would a man discover security uh, in Christ as you're as you're talking about practically? Yeah, I believe you know, and I'm not sure if this is going to make sense a little bit, but I kind of look at like, we're, we're all given like the same size cup and there's like this little hole on the side of the cup and we will do everything we can to fill it up. But the problem is we will, we want to fill our cup up with all this other stuff to complete us, to fill us. And you know, we use success as a man, you know, I, I know with sports, you know, is a big thing, you know, we, we always strive to compete and to win. And, you know, we, we think our identity, our value is defined in winning. We think our value is defined in how much money we make. We think our value is defined on how many people watch our videos, you know, when we do a podcast or, you know, how many people are in the church or, you know, we, we have these own definitions that we establish as men of what is we think is going to fill our cup. And I think the great thing is, and I think it's just awesome how God does this. He allows our cups to get filled a little bit, but then he always makes it very clear that you can never fill it up enough. It's never good enough. It's never going to fill you. It's never, you know, you, you can add a little bit and from the world perspective, yeah, you can get a little sense of security and you look around at the world and you say, man, this is what a man's supposed to look like. You know, it's how much money he makes, what kind of car he drives, how he dresses. You know, we, we have all these other definitions, but God in his love said, I have made you to never be completely full without me. And that hole that I have put in your cup is continuously going to make you feel empty. And that's the way I made you because the only thing that is going to fill you is me. And so the more you continue to work at it and have a different definition, which was honestly, let's just be honest, that was the first sin, right? Eating the from the knowledge of good and evil, man determining, I am going to detect, dictate what is value, what is good, what is bad. I am going to figure out what is important. I'm going to say if I'm naked or if I'm not, if I'm ashamed or if I'm not we stopped looking at it from God's perspective and God out of his love for us as men said, you know what? I'm going to make you like this. I'm going to make you have this insecurity whenever you strive to do it in any other way. So the more insecure you feel, the more that's telling you, you need me. The more that you feel like you're failing, the more you need me, the more that you keep on striving for all these other things. And they're not giving you, they're not filling you. It's my way of letting you know, you need me. Uh, Mike Tyson, you know, made millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, he had all these houses, he had all these cars. And at the end of it, about 10 years ago, he, he put out a podcast or something like that. And, and he just simply said, after all that money, after all that success, I was still missing something. There was still something wrong. 
And here's a man from the world perspective had it all. You know, he was the heavyweight champion of the world. He had millions and millions of dollars. He had all of the possessions that you could possibly imagine. He was known worldwide. And yet at the end of it, he still said, I'm missing something. And what that he was missing was that hole in the side of the cup that just simply said, you can't do this. You will never be filled without me. And I think this is just how much Christ and God loves us when he created us to make us with these insecurities in a weird way, because their insecurities are there to let us know you're working as hard as you want. First Corinthians 15, 10, you're working as hard. You're trying to do it all yourself. And guess what? Not by you, but by the grace of God. It's not your work, not I, but the grace of God. That's the only way our cup's going to be filled. That's the only way we're going to be able to succeed in our marriage and our succession, our succeeding is not man's view. It is God's view of what is a holy marriage. And we have responsibility for that. And God made us as men to do this, which I think is absolutely amazing. You talk about holes in the cup. I think of Haggai chapter one, I believe it's verse seven through nine that talks about putting money in pockets with holes in it. And it's yeah. the same principle. It's like you're, you're, I love what you just said. Again, it's just filling our hearts with, with everything but the right thing. You know, you know, I think about relationships and so often we're looking at the response of the other and to be validated or to be confirmed. And th therefore, um, you know, we are looking for that natural response, which, which, which is which is okay in one sense, but it'll never fill us. It'll never it'll never perfect us. Like First John four, it's the love of God uh, that will perfect us. Um, again, I think as men, we can get angry, we can become frustrated. You know that 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 principle of okay, we see ourselves at one stage. And we want to be at another stage and that gap in between causes pressure and frustration. And I think as an identity crisis can, can come in when things just, you know, over and over are missed. And um, it's like, wow, Lord, that we would find, see the signs of how much we need you to get with you, to get with other men, to open our Bibles, to get away and just be still and not just keep doing the same thing over and over, you know? <laughs> and I, so insecurity, I think that's part of our makeup, but it doesn't have to be the end of the story because uh, will people and the responses of people and what we want, we get what we want, is that gonna really ultimately satisfy us? It won't, and we'll always be hungry for more. And um, what would you say to a man that, is looking to strengthen his relationship maybe or um, himself for that matter and it's he he can see his deficiency let's say or he is shooting for a goal and an objective um, what are some practical ways that he can turn things around or start start small and start in the right direction yeah i think there really needs to be you know you need to study exactly you know who you are in christ you know, how did God design you? You know, in the very beginning of the Bible, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, but, you know, it said it was good. Well, good for who? You know, it wasn't good for God. It was good for us, you know, as men and as families, as humans. And, you know, I really believe you need to look at who am I as a man? 
Um, you know, God uses gardening, you know, the, the, you know, when it comes to his first illustration for us, you know, and that we are created in his image and in his likeness, that we are exactly who we are and we're supposed to work, you know, at our families. We're supposed to work at our marriages and but we can never work without God's grace, you know, and so really understanding who are you in Christ? Like, what has he done for you? You know, are you finding yourself so self-conscious and so self-aware that it is constantly defeating who you are? And I believe that is unhealthy. That is not how God identifies you. That is not how he created you. Now, we need to address sin. There's no doubt about that. We need to address sin. When there is sin in our lives, we need to do whatever it takes to rid ourselves of it. Get help, get counseling, change lifestyles, whatever. But we are going to often, and I believe this, a lot of times we dictate our failures, not always on the sin, but on the response that we get by those around us. And the reality is, is that we have a responsibility, which is to provide and protect and feed our families. You know, you're supposed to work the land. You're supposed to till it. You're supposed to pull out the weeds. You're supposed to make sure no, nothing comes in and takes your animals. So it's to make sure that your family's being fed spiritually. And I believe, you know, you can't do that if you have not learned who you are in Christ. And I believe there are some really good resources out there when it comes to identifying yourself as a man, um, you know, and just who we are in Christ. Um, I know the foundations class that they teach, you know, through the Bible college, you know, that's online, that's free. You know, just listening to those, that's absolutely free about who is our identity in Christ and understanding that. Um, I believe there's some really good messages by Mark Winger and Vadi Bakum and Tony Evans, when it talks to who are these, who are we as a man and what does it mean for biblical manhood? Um, and so, but I also think, you know, we keep on saying it, who are you spending time with? Who's feeding you? You know, are you going to church every Sunday? Because I look around at churches that I speak at and I see 70%, 80% women and I see 20% men. Are you the one that's getting up in the morning and getting your family ready for church and leading that? Are you the one that is spending time in your word and studying Christ and who he is? Are you actually being intentional about putting yourselves with other godly men who will encourage you and talk to you and, you know, be intentional to walk alongside of you? And are you getting mentored by men who are godly, who are older, you know, who are wiser? And are you humble enough to listen to what they say? Um, you know, you and I, you know, and I've said this before, you, you know, are one of the people that I just absolutely adore in my life that God has just brought into my life for the last few years. Man, what an encouragement. You know, Pastor Eugene, every time I see him at church, man, I know that brother's going to give me a hug and I look forward to it. I look forward to one of his good hugs because it just it just encourages me. No matter what I'm going through, his smile, I actually make it. I try to find him every Sunday. I do because he encourages me. And I know that now if I'm going to get stuck in my sorrow, my insecurities, my failures, guess who I'm not looking for? I'm not trying to find brothers around me. I'm not talking to you. I tend to pull myself in. 
And I think once we start to pull ourselves in, what that creates is this desire that I can do it alone. I can work at this. I can work my way out of it enough. If I have enough grit and sweat and I pull up my bootstraps hard enough, I can get myself out of this and get my family out of it. You're going to fail. It is what it is. You know, without Christ, without getting people who are going to speak Christ into you, you're just, you're going to fail. And so I would say, be intentional about from the start, but also getting yourself out of it. You got to reset those priorities and those patterns. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate that brother. You're a huge encouragement to me as well. And to many, I, I think of the thing that you keep saying, I, uh, there's what's called the grace identity. Well, we can have that available to any of those that you want. It's, um, it's 67 verses about who Christ says that we are. And, and I love this principle. It's we're everything that God says that we are and we're nothing that the devil says that we are, even though the lie may be very believable and there's evidence of it, there's something that is more powerful. And that's who Christ has made us to be. He's made us to be a saint. He's made us as, as, a, as a son. We're forgiven. We're called. There are so many identity boosters or um, perspectives that really show us the truth you know we, we things may be true but is it the truth you know and um, again so I mean you bring up an interesting point here you know uh, if we're so focused on being self-conscious you know that principle that says uh, self-analysis leads to paralysis you know so it's this whole principle if I'm just focused on myself then you know, I don't see what what people are saying or what I need to be receiving. And um, and how is it that we can um, minimize self and really um, bring into perspective God? What would you say about that? What, what's a good self reducer and a good uh, Christ booster? Yeah, I guess we could say it like that, right? <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> I think we, you know, the self-awareness, if you are really being self-aware, is going to honestly allow you to see how much you fail. You know, anytime that you get to self-awareness, you know, and self-awareness, you know, there's a good in that when it comes to recognizing your sin, right, and your need for Christ. But if your self-awareness doesn't point you back to the cross, it's becoming something very ugly. And so my question is, is what is their thought process? What is their prayer life about? Um, you know, when, when I pray, um, I have to pay attention to the words that I'm saying. And I really encourage people to pray out loud. I, I do. I believe praying out loud is, is important. Uh, praying with your wife out loud, praying out loud with another brother. You know, um, just being able to pray out loud and hear what you're actually saying, you know, how much of your prayer is help me? How much prayer is about what I can do versus how much of your prayer is about others? And how much of your prayer is about give me your love, give me your spirit, make me more like you versus are we constantly asking for something that benefits us? Because when I'm asking Christ to give me his love, the reason I'm asking that is because I am more focused on how I can love my wife, love my family, because I want to serve them. 
versus I'm asking God to help me with this and help me with the job and help me with this and help me with that. And so I believe part of it is our prayer life. I believe also, what are we actually, you know, we're, we have to be intentional when it comes to studying the word and when it comes to studying period, what are we filling ourselves with, right? Are we filling ourselves in with a lot of the crap that's on TV? Are we filling ourselves with movies that have horrible language that are constantly showing nudity or showing things that are not God's design for marriage? You know, are, are we filling ourselves up with the crap of the world that Satan wants to constantly feed into us? Or are we filling ourselves up with things that are actually bringing us in a closer relationship with Christ? You know, I know through different seasons of my life, you know, when, when I study the, the preach as an example for a message, I'll listen to 10, 15 different people. I'll read just for that message. If I want to be the right kind of husband, the right kind of father, am I, am I doing the same work, if that makes sense, where I'm allowing myself, I'm going to put myself in a position for God to speak to me as much as possible so I can be fed. And it's not working in the sense of like, I'm going to do it myself, but it's positioning yourself in a way that God can speak to you as much as possible through our prayers, through our study, through who we're listening to, what we're watching, what's going into our eyes, what's going in our ears. And, you know, I just believe too often we fill ourselves with a bunch of crap and well, guess what's going to come out, you know, you know, I know if I eat certain foods, it's going to have a certain effect on me. I just know that. I know how my stomach reacts. I grew up in Lancaster, PA with the Amish. You know, spices, Mexican food does not work well with me. Didn't grow up with it. My stomach's not designed for it. I, I, I can't help to explain it. But guess what? I know if I keep on eating Mexican food every day, it's going to have a negative effect on me. I know if I eat garlic, I, my pores, for some reason, radiate garlic. It just comes out of me everywhere. So, it's the same thing, though, when it comes to what we're feeding ourselves spiritually, you know, because it will come out one way or another. No, I, I again, I think it's huge. Like, as they say, garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. I think we can underestimate that. I know I can like, oh, I can handle that or I can, you know, it's not really affecting me. But but actually, uh, we are very impressionable. And unfortunately, there's the unconscious mind where we're we're just like a vacuum we're sucking it all in and then all of a sudden we're wondering why we're moody or we're wondering why we're frustrated or we're wondering why um you know there's not this confidence and it's because again um we've just packed ourselves so full of the of the garbage and um you know uh, i love this word you just said positioning yourself i mean a runner at the at the gate right they're they're in a particular uh, 45 degree angle or whatever angle. I mean, they are just, um, maybe it's more like 90. I don't know. Uh, but they are, they are ready to, uh, launch and I, you know, launch out and, and get ahead of the, the opponent, uh, even, even in swimming, it's the same, you can, you might win by a hundredth of a second, but, um, you know, positioning yourself. I mean, these are, these are huge things that, Maybe we could, I know I do, I can underestimate and say, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll figure it out on the fly. But actually the devil is very planned and meticulous and he is always prepared and evil is very patient. Uh -huh. And um, boy, positioning ourselves, like how prayer 
can really protect us from the unseen world um, more than what we can even process in our own mind. I mean, the Bible, without the Bible, uh, there's no content and no uh, sword of the spirit. I mean, again, without the, the you know, the breastplate and the, sh the shoes and uh, again, we're caught unaware, we're caught unprepared. And uh, in relationships, you can't hide, you cannot hide. And unfortunately, the people we love, we give them the worst, right? <laughs> that's not what we want to do. Positioning ourselves, that's a, can you develop that a little bit? I, I really like that. Yeah, I believe it's, um, we, we, you know, I have three boys, three girls, you know, and I know with my boys, you know, we, we believe the ignorance and fool ourselves into the impact of what comes into our minds and what comes into our hearts. Um, I know with our boys, you know, we had a rule that they weren't allowed to watch Power Rangers. You know, they weren't allowed to watch shows with guns, you know, as cartoons. And the reason was is because we saw very quickly they started watching Power Rangers. Now they're three, four, five years old. And all of a sudden, next thing we know, they're doing hi-ya and they're kicking and they're doing all the karate moves. Well, that they never did beforehand until that. And they started watching G.I. Joe. And now all of a sudden we kept on hearing bang, bang, bang and shooting people. And I'm like, how do we not realize that we're the same way as adults? It comes out. I think there are some best practices, though, you know, that we need to learn with just common sense. You know, um, what do you do? You know, how much sleep are you getting? Are you going to bed with your wife? Are you waking up with your wife? You know, if marriages are broken, you know, are, are you tired all the time? Or are you trying to be conscious of your sleep? Are you trying to be, when you get up in the morning, are you actually starting your day praying with God? Are you ending your day talking to God? When you're driving, you know, to work, which most of us do, you know, what is on our radio? You know, almost all cars now have Bluetooth. You know, why don't you have a YouTube or a podcast that you can listen through instead of listening to some music that honestly, the language and the themes that are going on there those subtle are very obviously of the world and are evil. And, you know, I love my, you know, my rock and my, you know, old school stuff. But I got older, I started listening to the words and I was, whoa, <laughs> you know, I didn't realize what I was singing all these years. You realize that with age, you know, and I, I believe you need to position yourselves in the sense, you know, and you said this last week, church life is a priority. You know, where are you spending your time as a family? You know, are you spending your time together or are you always escaping? You know, what kind of quality time are you spending as a family? You know, is it just sitting in front of the TV, watching movies and watching TV? Because there's not a lot of interaction with that. That's not investing in each other, you know, and we got to be intentional. We got to we got to have that self-awareness, Right. To be able to recognize where we're falling, but we need to understand that it is pointing us back to Christ and we need to recognize we need Christ. We cannot do this without Christ. And our actions, our time should be focused on Christ-centeredness. And I can, you know, there's a, a million books out there on how to have self-help books, how, you know, books on from the world's perspective of what love looks like or what marriages are supposed to look like. Guess what? They will fail. They will fail because they are not after Christ. And the reality is I can live as good of a life as I want to, but I will fail when it comes to the people around me. 
I will fail when it comes to my eternity and I will break my wife's heart and I will ruin my children if I do not have Christ at the center. Yeah, you know, it, uh, you know, it's amazing here is just to say, as we close, you bring up these words uh, time and maybe that we should uh, definitely uh, have a podcast about this. But again, priority management is so valuable. Uh, how we spend our time, like what are we spending our time doing and, and who are we with, like you'd mentioned today. And it wouldn't be a bad idea to inventory our time, you know, spend spend some time and just kind of write down or just look at your calendar, your Google calendar and just say, okay, where am I investing my time? What is taking my heart? What is it? Um, and then just to ask ourselves a simple question, are we going in the direction that God is leading us? Are we in a place where we're being conformed to the image of God? And am I losing my identity to things that could steal my identity? You know, again, again, it's one of those things where, uh, we, you know, we are uh, giving ourselves to so many things that we give ourselves to nothing. And maybe just to close, uh, Dan, here, just to say, uh, there are things that can steal our, our identity, and um, and maybe we, we're in that place where time has been lost, or years have been lost, or mistakes have been made, which are, are evident, but priority management is the only way we can organize our time. And uh, what would you say as we close to the listener, um, you know, what are some ways to build the right priorities in their life so that so that we're giving our best to our families we're giving our best to our mission you know we're with other people we're spending that time because i guess when you look at other people you realize oh my gosh i don't have a, i don't have any problems right in, in one regard right because there's so much brokenness out there anyway maybe just a, some last comments on priorities and we should spend yeah. the next, maybe the next uh, podcast. I don't know. I can't get rid of you. It's good. <laughs> these have been great. I mean, these are encouragement to me because sometimes you're saying things and I realize that there are things that I need to work on, you know, and I believe, you know, we kind of focused a little bit on that first Corinthians 15 passage, you know, verse 10, you know, and I love that verse. Um, you know, as I said, it's, it's been a life verse for me. I believe we need to be intentional, but it is only by the grace of God. You know, we need to set priorities, we need to schedule, we need to take common sense wisdom. You know, we, we're given knowledge, we're giving, you know, information, but we need to apply it. We need to, you know, be intentional. But on the flip side, it is all null and void without Christ. And we will fail. And what we need to understand more than anything else is that God has made us as men to protect our family. He has made us as men to handle the weight when things are failing. He has made us to not be deceived as easily, to not go in a different direction. But we need to keep our eyes on the cross at all times. And no matter how hard we work, when we lose sight of God's grace, we're going to fail. So our number one priority is Christ. And I believe but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace me has had an effect and it will have an effect on your marriage. And no matter how hard you work, it will not be you. It will be him. 
And we will be able to stand there one day and we will say only by God's grace is our marriage saved. Our family was broken. Our house was a wreck. The culture was volatile. My marriage, there wasn't love. But God is so passionate about the marriage. He wants to save us. And he is going to save us. I really believe this. And we'll restore marriages when we understand our role as a man and we keep our eyes centered on Christ's grace. Awesome. Develop, a invest a grace culture in your marriage. That's what I'm hearing. I love it. Grace mm -hmm. is so revolutionary in our life. It's, uh, it's always creating something. I, I love what you're saying. Again, it's like we can work hard, but you know, unfortunately, we can be climbing so hard a ladder and we get to the top and we look out and we're on our ladders connected to the wrong building. I mean, we can work so hard at the wrong things, but grace, grace says, I need Christ. I need to humble myself and, and God giveth grace to the humble and resist the proud. I mean, these are these are huge things that you're saying today. And, you know, getting a hold of grace personally, uh, having a grace identity. Uh, understanding that it's a work of Christ in me first, uh, and then it's uh, the overflow to the other. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, <laughs> wow, just doing the small thing with 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 great intention, great love. And, um, you know, I just want to reiterate again, just knowing who God is, we discover who we are. And when we know who we are in Christ, we will know what to do. And so not to underestimate that, I love I love what you're saying that keep investing a grace culture in your relationships, uh, forgive quickly, love passionately, um, uh, ignore the pettiness often, um, be thankful, right? Like you said in the last couple podcasts, find something you can edify each other in. And if you're hard on yourself, knock it off, right? Be, you know, don't be hard on yourself. It's such a at, you taught, you said about defeatism, my goodness, like shooting yourself in the foot um, yeah. when you're so hard on yourself. And it's like, wow, uh, giving grace means I am aligning myself and believing in the truth of what God has said, and I'm acting in it on a constant basis. But great thoughts today, Dan. Any last words? This is, I don't no, want to stop. Awesome, man. This has been great. You know, this has been great. Uh, and I hope everybody who does listen appreciates the fact that we're teaching ourselves as we're talking. Yes. And it, you know, we are being encouraged by all of this, you know, dealing with these questions, you know, it is having an effect on my home It is yes. having an effect on my marriage. And so I am thankful for that. Yes. Amen to that. Uh, friends, thanks for joining us for the inner revolution podcast. Uh, feel free to check us out at innerrevolution.us. Uh, drop some comments down below. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. Um, and Dan, thanks again, as always. Uh, great words from your heart and from the throne of God and from uh, just from the mind of Christ. We appreciate you big time. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks, friends, for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode.